Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I hope that everybody is having a fabulous week this week. Uh, we've, we've had quite the week here at Must Read Alaska. Uh, yesterday, I was live on location at the Sullivan Arena with some of Mayor Bronson's staff, which was just a treat. If you have a chance, go to our Facebook and pin to the top of the Facebook page um, is a post of a, the new vlog that I did. And um, I got a tour of the Sullivan Arena. And I could, I'll tell you this, folks. Um, if you listen to the assembly meetings or you read the Anchorage Daily News or you listen to any of the mainstream media in Alaska, you would think that the Sullivan Arena is falling apart, that people are being murdered every five seconds, that there's, um, you know, it's the biggest drug ring out there. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. That's what you would think if you listen to the mainstream media. And I will tell you firsthand that as I walk through the Sullivan Arena, that it was one of the most cleanest, well-organized uh, homeless facilities that I've ever been into. Um, it was just amazing. I mean, I went in there thinking it was going to be a mess, a little bit of a mess too, because we're dealing with 300 homeless folks and it was a well-oiled machine and they know what they're doing. They're the mayor and his staff. And, uh, you know, I, I quickly learned that, um, most of the assembly members, not all, but most of the assembly members who caused the biggest stink with homelessness in Anchorage have never even been to the Sullivan Arena was it's just a shame because they're speaking about things that they've never seen themselves and so I want to encourage all those assembly members to take a trek down to Sullivan Arena and see for yourself it is um, a sight to see and they have programs to get folks off drugs and to become functioning mem members of society which is very exciting so but without further ado I have a very special guest today somebody who's running for office in Anchorage Without further ado, Rachel Reese, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell folks, um, let's first, before we talk about what you're running for, let's talk a little bit about your background. Tell folks um, kind of what you did for a living. I think it's very interesting. You're you're a bit of, a, of an actual hero. So tell folks oh. <laughs> a little bit about what you did for a living. Never been comfortable with the hero thing because I know some real heroes and uh they're awe-inspiring, so, you know, adulting goals live up to their standards, but um, yeah, so I did. I served in the military, and it's been misreported in the newspapers that I was in the Coast Guard, and I, I never was, but I have some cousins that are, and I deeply respect them. They're rescue swimmers, awesome service, but not my service, so what I did was I grew up in downtown Fresno, and I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's not the nicest place to grow up. It's It's fairly ghetto, and you know, my parents were very young. My dad has a GED to this day. My mom and I were in college at the same time. So she's a retired teacher, but you know, she she washed windows and she washed cars and she cleaned houses and she sold Tupperware. I don't know if anybody remembers Tupperware. 
to make ends meet. And my dad painted house numbers on curbs until they could get it together and, you know, kind of adult. So I grew up really poor. I get it. Places like Mountain View don't scare me. They they resonate with my childhood. And I think about growing up there and what that's like and the things those people need. I know a lot of people, they see me. I was in the military for 16 years and I did two years in the guard. I joined 20 days before 9-11. And then I did the rest of the time on active status. I worked active with the guard and with active duty. So it kind of been all over the place, got a wide taste of the military. And um, it's one of the most misunderstood things out there is about how people serve. But I spent a lot of time enlisted. And for those of you out there that are prior military, you'll know why this was a big deal. I was DA select for E7 the day I was also offered my commission. So dealer's choice. And I took the commission after attending OCS because it was the path to flight school. And I flew medevac for the remainder of my career. I did a two-year turn as an air traffic services commander. And there's some interesting stories there. That was a real growing experience for leadership. And then I worked aviation staff doing operations for a lot of different agencies that we can't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And then I retired and came here. Yeah. And I love it here. So needless to say, you have a little bit of uh, leadership experience. Um, My guess is flying into situations that were a little dicey and literally having to save people. True. The medics did a lot of the saving, but we were a crew, right? There was no questions asked. If any time I was landing somewhere and the crew chief in the back said, pull up, I just did because we had worked together and we had that fundamental trust. And that is an important part of leadership. You have to trust the people that work with you and they have to trust you as the leader. And when you don't have that, nothing works right. <laughs> That's awesome. My my dad was the crew chief on a Jolly Green Giant at the tail end okay. of Vietnam, and uh, he's got he's got a, a many many stories of um, of times that they had to go into situations that they may thought they weren't going to come out of, but uh, yeah, he was able, able to save lots of people as they were as as um, the U.S. was getting out of Vietnam. Oh, absolutely. I have a lot of feelings about how the war in Afghanistan was handled, especially the very end there. But at no time do I ever wonder why the people I served with or why I was over there. I mean, the unit I was with, this is why I say I know real heroes. There were four quad amputees throughout the Afghanistan war, and my unit did three of them. And so they tell live. us a little bit about <laughs> what you're running for and why you're, why you're running. You, you ran um, previously for a seat and I think that it's awesome that you're coming back for um, another time because oftentimes you'll hear folks, Dave Donnelly is a prime example. He lost his first, I think, four races. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now, you know, he's come back and he served in the Senate. He's a deputy commissioner of administration. He is the sole, you know, conservative on the school board. He has had a quite the illustrious elected uh, career. And so. I'm very excited that you're you're running again. So tell us what you're running for. So I'm running for assembly here in South District. That's uh, South Anchorage, Girdwood, Turnigan Arm area. So if you live south of Diamond and Abbott, you're probably in my district, but you also need to live west of C Street or Clatt. <laughs> so that's kind of the big boundaries. And we do go all the way out past Girdwood to the Animal Wildlife Center out there just before Whittier. So... um. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, you were going to ask a question or? I was just going to say, sorry, we have a little bit of a delay here for some reason. So I think oh, we're okay. jumping in, but um, so tell folks um, um, before you talk about why you're running, tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, did you learn anything um, the last time you ran? What were some of the big lessons that you learned the last time you ran? Oh my God. A lot of lessons, right? There's no such thing as failure. There's either winning or learning. And I did a lot of learning. <laughs> I learned that a lot of people shared my frustrations, which is what led into the current campaign, I guess, slogan, for lack of a better word, that I'm using now. There's this kind of assumption on an individual level or small group level that we're isolated or we're alone or we're the only ones that aren't heard and everybody else is getting what they need. And as I went through that process, because school board races are citywide, I couldn't have found out that I was more wrong if I tried. I mean, 80% of what we want for our kids or our community is the same. I mean, there's outliers, but most of us, we want the same things. We want quality education. We want economic opportunity and hope for our children's futures. We want them to be safe. We want them to be well-educated. We want that return on investment for our tax dollars because that's really what I'm doing, right? I buy a house, I pay my taxes, and I'm investing in the future of Anchorage. So even if you don't have kids in the schools, you're investing in Anchorage's future because those are your future workforce. Those are your artists, your astronauts, your lawyers, your tradesmen, your bus drivers. They're all going to come out of our schools. So it's it's the bedrock of this community's future. And that, I, and I learned that a lot of people want that and not very many people think they're getting it. Yeah, it's tough in Alaska. We have some of the lowest scores across the board, education, economic uh, opportunities, business growth, people are leaving the state. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, if if uh, one of my friends who's an entrepreneur said, man, that's ripe for opportunity. You know, if you're at the bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up. So um, I guess that's yeah. a good way to look at it. Why not try it? It could yeah. work, right? <laughs> so. so tell us why, um, why run for the assembly now? Why is it important to you? So I had started out an assembly last race, but I got to know Randy and I really respected him as a voter and a member of this district. And I was like, he's the guy I really wanted. So I stepped into school board because there was a need there. And I am passionate about education based on my personal experiences. And my run now is just an outgrowth of that experience because with education being the bedrock, right? We also have economic disparity here. We have small businesses that are dying. People are leaving the state or they're at least going to the valley. So we have a decline in GDP. And some of that is the schools, but I think the schools have been bad for a while. And what you're seeing is a trickle down effect into the larger city economy because of that. Businesses don't invest in cities that have bad schools. If businesses don't invest, there's no capital or tax base for essential services to be at their prime service level. There's not a lot of opportunity for small business because there's no customer base coming around. And it just it's all connected. There's no discrete issues in the city. They're all dynamic and intertwined. <laughs> so and quite honestly, Cliff Murray had gotten in the race last year and he withdrew at the last minute. And I told him that I I really respected him as an individual and thought he'd be great in the schools. He had a lot of good ideas. And I promised him I wouldn't run for school board if he wanted it. And he did. And I keep my word. So I let him take that seat, even though he ultimately dropped out. And I put my efforts where they were needed. Um, Randy Salt and a couple other people had said they wanted somebody to come in that was 
somebody they felt they could work with and whether they agreed or not was gonna act like an adult and have the district and the city's best interests at heart. And so I stepped in. <laughs> so how, how important to you is um, kind of finding a common ground with folks? Because I, I look at the assembly right now and the majority of the assembly um, treats this like a middle school lunchroom. It is so unorganized, <laughs> so sloppy, so disrespectful to, I mean, everybody that's literally sitting down watching, they could, their, their persona and their atmosphere is, they could care less about what anybody else thinks that they're the only people right in the room. And I just think that that posture only creates more chaos. And so tell me about, is it important for you if and when you're elected to be able to work with the administration, even if you don't agree on everything? Yeah, just to, because I don't agree doesn't mean I don't have a duty to listen. As a public servant, I would need to listen with an open ear and an open mind. And that doesn't make me bound to do what you said. It just means I am going to come to the table. I'm going to review it in full. And I'm going to look at the message, regardless of my personal feelings about the messenger. And I don't see that happening right now. I, I've remarked privately out there in the world that I feel like the entire city are children caught in a bad divorce. That's what it feels that's, like. That's, the exactly assembly. What it, that's exactly what it feels like. You know, the disrespect that goes on in that chamber is to the public. I see the public dismissed as we're too illiterate or uneducated or downright stupid to understand what we need as individuals. I see disrespect for the office of the mayor, like the mayor or not, think he's doing a good job or not. You have to have basic respect for the office. And he's, I would say the same still for the, the mayor. Family. He's still yeah, the mayor. he is the mayor. And it's it's not about the man. It's about the position. And if you don't have basic respect for those positions, that says a lot about you as a person more than it says about the individual you're disrespecting. And I think that's important to remember, right? So what so, about homelessness? It's um, oh, it's the hot was, topic. And yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because the... Um, the assembly, I don't know, a year ago, my my time frame may be off here. I'm not the best with time frames, but about a year ago, the assembly was arguing to keep Sullivan Arena open, that if they moved to the tent city, that, you know, all it would be chaos and all hell would break loose and blah, 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 blah. And now they're arguing to close the Sullivan Arena because now the mayor has is OK with it being open during the winter months because of it's how cold it is. It's just it's hilarious because, you know, a year ago they would have died on the cross to keep Sullivan Arena open, the assembly, and now they're fighting to close it just because the mayor wants to keep it open. What What is a solution <laughs> for homelessness? Again, arguing amongst the administration and the assembly, they don't, that doesn't seem to be working. What kind of solutions do you think you would bring to the table? So I think, and I'm glad you brought this up and opened the show with this, homelessness is a dynamic and complex issue. and I don't know if I have the solution, but I know people who do, and that's the people that are working with the homeless. And I think they should be empowered to do their job. And you're right, last year they were willing to die on that cross, as you said, for the assembly, and this year they don't want it. And I kind of wonder, is it brinksmanship or is there information they're not sharing that's driving that? And if they're not sharing it, they need to. But I went to the Sullivan last week too, and I have to say, I was impressed. Um, my son's an EMT here in the city, and he had gone to the Sullivan a, a while back and was like, mom, don't go down there. It's very dangerous. <laughs> and I went. So I expected this, this really negative experience and it wasn't. 
I, I spent time with people that had showed up there homeless and were now working there as stable individuals who had gotten their lives together, gotten clean. So it's not just about protecting people from the cold because the Sullivan was created and it's not my favorite solution by any means, but it is here and it's working. The people that have gotten jobs and it's probably the first time in their life they've been clean, the first time they felt valued and like a human being again, the first time they've been productive, those people are gonna lose their jobs. Most of them have very um, checkered pasts to put it lightly and they can't pass background checks for jobs. So what do we do with them? Where's the state of grace for those people? It's not just the people that are currently there homeless. It's all the people that have been rehabilitated and are six months into making it work that are at risk with this decision to close it too. I think Henning's doing a great job. He's providing a value at almost 50% discount for the national standard on daily expenses from what I was shown. And I was so moved by what I'm seeing at the Sullivan that I'm actually donating. There's there's people there that have dogs. I'm a big dog lover. Yeah, I thought and, that was so cool that they allowed folks to bring their pets in. I mean, God, what a way to really, you know, let people keep what little nice thing they have in their life together, right? And I'm going to take all my extra kennels. I've got like six of them and they're huge down there because I, I respect that they do that. Not a lot of places do. That's pretty awesome. I have uh, I own a dog that's and it's a big uh, golden retriever, and I know how much those kennels cost. So that is, uh, you know, that's quite the donation if you're donating multiple kennels. So good for you. Well, I mean, it's a fight worth having for these people. These these aren't a problem. These are people, and what we really need are wraparound services. So maybe they show up somewhere extremely low barrier like the Sullivan. I would have liked to see the transition center be that place, but that hasn't happened. And they come in because for some people, housing is the answer. For some people, rehab is the answer. For some people, they have to detox first, and that has to be medically monitored. There's a lot of different options. I don't know if people know this, but I got divorced, and it was concurrent with my retirement from the military. And I had a very vicious and vindictive ex-husband. And on the day I served him with papers, he emptied the bank account, and it Wow. It was the day before my PCS to Alaska, and I was instantly homeless with four kids, and I made six figures. And I didn't experience homelessness like the people at the Sullivan, but I did reach the precipice of, I don't have options, and I'm, yeah, you literally I'm hanging off the limb. <laughs> I'm literally standing on the street with four kids and my dog, and I've sold my house, and I don't have a rental, and he just emptied all the bank accounts. What do you do? And the army has something like a transition center. I went to my commander, they assessed the situation. They, you know, they got me into housing. They got me to emergency relief who gave me a loan and it got sorted. But if you had just said, go to the Sullivan and hang out, that wouldn't have solved my problem. That would have made it worse. So, you know, I, I see a navigation center where you assess and triage and then properly route into interconnected services throughout the city to get them the right help that they need because everybody's journey is different. And some people have a short on ramp to success and some people don't, like the natives. The natives have a very long on ramp to success once they end up on the streets of Anchorage. And it's not because they're lesser, it's because they come from somewhere that is so different. The villages, it's a cultural shock. I mean, imagine if I took and dumped you in the middle of rural Russia, you'd be like, I have no idea what's going on. And so they just, 
they need a little more, they have a unique circumstance. So they need a little more time and a little bit different journey. And I don't see that being met at all either. So my solution would be comprehensive review of everything in the city, have a central point of intake, and then send these people to the place where they have the best chance of success and monitor them through the entire process. And we need to privatize as much as we can. I mean, Anchorage Gospel Mission is running a very tight ship over there. Yeah. And they're facing an issue with the assembly where they want to make them do background checks on their employees. Most of their employees are former homeless clients who yeah. wouldn't pass a background check. So we're going to out these people who said, I'm ready to be successful and become a productive member of society and disenfranchise a private entity that's doing a very good job at almost no cost to the taxpayer. So I just don't understand the reluctance to solve homelessness. I see the monetizing of homelessness, but not the solution. Yeah, it's uh, if there is any assembly folks listening to this who um, uh, would want to come on the show that are maybe um, on the Democrat or left-leaning side, please come on. You know who you are. I've invited you. I won't call you out on the show, but because I've invited them, all of them, uh, please come on the show. I'd love to talk to you about this problem. And if you are listening and if you are an elected official, you know, be a part of the solution is what I would encourage you to do because mm -hmm. um, people, we're, we're not as dumb as you think we are. We see that you're fighting with a, the mayor and his administration just to fight with the mayor and his administration. And it's just petty and it doesn't um, doesn't solve anything. It doesn't create any success for folks that are going through hard things. So um, uh, shifting here a little bit, what, yeah. what, you know, if somebody, if somebody wants to get involved in your campaign, um, if somebody wants to, you know, hear about what some more of the things that you stand for, how can somebody get in touch with you What's your website? Tell, tell us all those details. Okay, so um, you can always go to my website, which is reesforalaska.com, and that's R-I-E-S-F-O-R-Alaska.com. You can always email us there, and you will not get a staffer. You will get me. I answer my own emails. Nobody else even sees them, so say what you think. Um, I'm at Kaladis on Industry Way in Huffman every Saturday from 8 to 10. You can come in and talk to me in person. I highly encourage it. We've had people come down and tell me why they don't agree with me, which I think is great because then I understand where they're coming from. And I only know what I know. So if you bring me something new that we need to consider, I don't think that's a bad thing, even if you don't like me. <laughs> that's That's perfectly fine with me. That's why my campaign slogan is like you. I want solutions like you. I want this place to be a nice place to live. I want this to be a place my children want to stay. That, that's really the essence of it. Nice. Well, do you have any last minute things before we head off here? 20 minutes has gone by in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it has. Um, no, I just would encourage people to vote. We have record low turnout, and that is allowing a very vocal minority to rule a city. And I think that's part of the disenfranchisement and disillusionment of the public. So elections have consequences. And if you want to see change, we are so small. I've seen elections turn on one vote. So show up, vote, vote for me, vote for the other guy, but just show up and vote, get involved and let your voice be heard. Make that change at your level. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on yeah. the show today. And for folks listening in, um, we're all, we're going to have another vlog, I think, that we're going to release today, which is going to be exciting. So look for that. And again, 
if you're um, if you want to watch what exactly goes on in the Sullivan Arena, go to Must Read Alaska's Facebook page. Pinned to the top is a brand new vlog that I did yesterday, a walkthrough of the Sullivan Arena, and it's on our YouTube channel as well. You will be blown away. It's one of the most organized homeless shelters I've ever seen. And listen, I know that uh, folks, especially the Must Read Alaska crowd, probably is not too exciting about the city spending money on homelessness, but I can tell you this, that um, I'd rather have I'd rather have a conservative like Mayor Bronson be in charge of the spend than somebody else because Mayor Bronson's administration is going to make sure that every dollar spent is going to be effective. And so, um, kudos to him and his administration for running a very tight ship that gets people off the streets, off drugs, and into houses. Um, so, watch for our next video probably later today. And until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, Rachel. All right. Thanks.